Move Javante Davis, living young, got room for patience. This is a dope podcast, it ain't drugs when we move in bases. Houston, we got a problem, taking off like the rockets. This a three man weed coming at you with topics. Get to hit me with logic, baby, showtime's back. You slow, catch up, you're gonna fall now flat. It's imperative, transitioning from changing the narrative. You can catch this wave from the Marlins to the Mariners. Doing things you can't believe. It's the three man weed. Come at you with topics No, you cannot stop it Doing things you can't believe It's the three-man wing We come at you with topics No, you cannot stop it Alright, man uh, We are back with a Sunday edition Um yeah, uh, schedule just been all types of out of whack, but uh, welcome to the Three Man Weave, Three Man Weave podcast. I mm-hmm. am Agent El Presidente, of course. As always, I got with me my two favorite guys. Y'all already know it's your boy Hill. Hill going Hill, regardless, <laughs> baby. Let's get it. You got your boy Cannon, which was always also. You know how we do, trying to change that narrative. Trying to bring you that elite perspective in a time and an era when nobody else is doing it. So it's like, we at work, man. A lot of people all work. We we still at work, man. Crazy. We still providing y'all content. We never stop providing y'all content. The entire time, we out here grinding for for y'all, man. For us. For everybody. And I'm going to tell them like this. Where can they find us, here? Even before he tell them that, even if we wanted to, if oh. AJ and I wanted to stop giving y'all content, he would not let us, man. Help. Somebody <laughs> help, man. I, I'm trapped. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this episode 70, you can catch us on all major podcast platforms, Three Man Weave, Instagram, Twitter, Three Man Weave. Underscore, you can email us at podcast.3.man.weave at gmail.com. Damn, sure forgot that, Drake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, so, oh. yeah. This episode so, 70, though, man. Dang. Yeah. We man, really, man. we really, really out here. We moving this thing, man. Pandemic ruined us. This might have been a milestone moment that we might have did something, but, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully, um, won't be too many more episodes under this. Um, hopefully we free by the time we record the book. Yeah, yeah, we gotta fact. be free us, or we're gonna be freeing ourselves. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna violate all them stay at home laws for that book. How y'all feel stupid. about some of these beaches opening up? It's stupid. Stupid. It's Florida. Um, <laughs> I mean, you got I mean, all the nigga time, huh, AJ? <laughs> man, listen, it, Texas opening up too, though. Texas got beaches. Nah, they ain't got beaches, but they they about to open back up. Like, yeah, I mean, who was gonna tell te- who was gonna tell yeah, Texas to stay Texas close? Texas do what they yeah. Texas pretty Texas, much always Texas do that. Got they a want. gun, you yeah, That's the wild wild west. Who man. gonna stop you and say, <laughs> hey, you need to take your ass back home? Nope. My brother, he stationed he stationed in El Paso. It's like he, it, it's never stopped for him. You know, maybe for the kids. But for him and his wife, they they still been working every day. He's even had to work covid site so it's like 
you know, and he he was telling me that when it first happened, none of them even had training for that. They just was like woke up one day, was like, yeah, you you work in a COVID site, like they didn't they ain't train them properly. So he was like, it wasn't until some of them actually got it that they realized mm-hmm. that they needed uh, healthcare professionals oh, yeah. on the front line, not just anybody. You feel me? I'm just confused. Well, I'm not confused or the. America just trying to hurry up and try to get the economy right, trying to, you know, trying to get us back to normal. But y'all was so delayed from delaying us in the beginning. Y'all, we could have been getting, you know what I'm saying? We could have been slowly getting back right at this point anyway. Like, I just don't understand them sometimes, man. Man, listen. My whole thing is, at the end of the day, we have, I won't say a responsibility, but we got to start holding some of these people accountable for how they handle it, but now they're still in a rush to open things up. Because you can't say, oh, we weren't prepared, we didn't know, we you know, didn't expect it to be like this. When the warning signs were there, people were trying to tell you, people were saying, all of this stuff is surfacing that you knew that this was coming, not just in December, but you knew this years in advance. Yeah. yeah. There was a pandemic readiness team. Yeah got dismantled mm-hmm. um there were warnings and people saying stuff but then there were uh people coming out saying oh you know <laughs> it, it'll disappear by april magically disappear into thin air Since no. things just magically disappear, <laughs> it, like. it, it don't work like that and so now you basically put us a whole month in you know behind the eight ball because in january everybody was telling you hey you need to cover your ass you ain't do shit all February. And now March, it kicked us in the ass. And now it's looking like we ain't gonna be doing nothing until Jesus come home. <laughs> but you said hold you said hold hold people accountable. He's the same people that agree with the moves that he made. And it's still people out there that's agreeing with they need to reopen the economy. I mean, re- let us out. It's people ready to get up out of the crib. Look, it's definitely people ready to get out that crib, man. Yeah, people are ready to get out their crib, but guess what? People get out their crib. All right, they coming be, right back. Getting up out the paint too, because it's go. It's gonna be a whole bunch of people going six feet under. Because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. Because I'm gonna tell you what. If the proverbial cur- curve hasn't been flattened, as everyone's talking about, and we start going back outside, it's just gonna keep. It's just gonna continue, and then people gonna be in larger crowds. Because guess what? Being cooped up this all this time, the first thing people gonna try and do is give some other people, and so crowds gonna be made, and a whole bunch of people gonna be sick, and then guess what? We're gonna be right back here. So well, I will not- say one thing: in order for the curve to really flatten, it, it can't flatten on social distancing unless social distancing is gonna be our new normal. So in order for the curve to flatten, we have to be operating as normal to get it to its real flatten mark. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, we actually got to be out living our regular lives in order to see the real flattening of the curve. So if we are doing a control, if you know anything about experiments, we're doing a control and Mm -hmm. we're at home now and we're seeing a flattening, then it's not a true flattening. It's it's a variable. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for scientific reasons, and I think that's why they're trying to experiment in some places where... You know those states. I don't know what Florida's doing because you're not low. But like Montana, there's some there's some states that 
are really, really low with the cases and the amount of deaths. And I understand using those states. Exactly. They already social distance. (laughs) They already social distance out there. But like I said, it's their norm. So because it's their norm, I think they're using them as like a placebo. Like they just want to see what happens in Montana and the population is low. So if it begins to spread out there, we say, all right, go ahead, shut it back down. Um, But I don't know why states like Florida and Texas with huge populations, I don't understand why you would be willing to experiment. And then there's other healthcare professionals saying that we should just just risk just risk the people that's gonna die anyway, just to get back to normal. Like it's some wild stuff. Really, we're really being put to the test as a humanity. And, and some of the things that I'm hearing is just like it's scary, almost scary the way that we're we're acting already. Just imagine if this goes longer, what the behaviors will turn into. The thing about social distancing, if you go to the store and you see how they got things marked off on where you're supposed to be at and how they got like some people putting glasses up and all that, okay, that need to be the norm. That should have been the norm anyway. <laughs> That's a like, fact. Some of these lines. Y'all know like, how you I like, feel. You be like, yo, this six feet apart? Like, you mean to tell me that this ain't, that really ain't that far? <laughs> I should have been standing here anyway? Yeah. Like, that's a like, fact. Like, why would you all up on me anyway? Yeah. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact, bro. Because <laughs> like somebody... <laughs> go ahead, AJ. That's the truth right there, man. Because uh, I'll just say certain people don't understand, you know, personal space. Everyone should have their own personal bubble. And my mom is the one person who I know will get her personal space. I've seen her purposely swing her purse violently over her shoulder because someone was too <laughs> close and caught someone right in the chin and said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were right there. And that's my thing. Like, like, don't you hate when you're in a line and, and someone's like very, like, like breathing down yeah, your neck? Because you scoot up a little line. bit and then they scoot up. No, 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 we're not like moving the line forward. I'm just trying to create distance from you. I think, like, like he'll say, this really should be the normal. You should not be on my back. Like, I yeah. shouldn't be able to yeah. hear you digest your food when we stand in the line. Like, back the hell up. And, yeah, I think this is this is a great way to start. And I didn't like shaking people's hands anyway because people don't wash their hands. Yeah, people that's nap, a fact. Like, I, I think I've talked about this on, on episodes before where people would really come in the bathroom, use the bathroom, mm-hmm. pee, shit, whatever, not wash their hands or just run water on their hands and then leave out. Like, no, that's not how you support, like, and you're touching that's not other how things you things. That and other then, people who haven't washed their hands have been touching. And so it's like, even if, even if you don't like washing your hands, but you go into a, a public bathroom, you should be incentivized to wash your hands now because yeah. you're just touching things that other people that you know for a fact who don't like washing their hands have been touching. So like you said, there, I, I saw one dude, AJ, at, at UDC, I'm doing an event there. He literally went in there. He runs the the faucet water, but don't even put his hands under it. So it's like he been fake washing his hands for so long that he <laughs> felt like his mom or his grandma was there and he just needed to fake us out. But I'm looking like, would you even touch it for if you weren't going to put your hands under this? Now you just put more germs onto your hand that you didn't even wash off. So it's like, it's beyond me the way. I I want you on the shaking of the hands. And and to piggyback off what you said, Hill, as far as the social distancing, I I do agree six feet should be the new norm. As you know, the personal space bubble was previously three feet. That's that's what 
I taught my students. That was the norm. And that's exactly why your mom didn't have enough space, you know, because <laughs> we, we were dumb. Like we, we were living in a era trying to pack our own selves. And it was like, just give everybody three feet. And when reality, three feet in a circumference ain't that much of a space. You feel me? Especially if I'm the middle. And it's a conference. I take up about one foot. You know, I got a now I got a foot, give or take, either way. So six mm -hmm. feet, I think, gives everybody enough space. And I agree with Hill. That should, in fact, be the new norm when this comes back. A lot of people didn't get their ass whooped for not washing their hands as soon as they came from outside <laughs> and it shows. Got my like, ass. Can, can you wait like, for not what? washing hands? Man, let see. That, that's why we need uh, Josephine Edder in charge of the CDC. <laughs> we need her because she, she get she everybody get right, man. Everybody right. Like, come on, man. Like, you don't just washing your hands should be like basic. That should be the basic basic, level basic living skills. of hygiene. Like, and this is what we dealing with, man. This is what we dealing with. This is nasty. Y'all remember that conversation we had? Um, AJ, you had a surgery one time. You said your mom and grandma uh, cleaned the whole house before you came home. Uh, I was telling you about my knee surgery, how my mom came up here. She cleaned everything, cleaned the bathroom most importantly because I was going to have to mm -hmm. unwrap my wounds and go in there to clean myself. Um, but it's like if my mom is not no sports or healthcare professional. She's just a regular woman. So is your mom and, and grandma. And I'm trying to figure out how you and I can have surgeries and I'll parents can clean up our places so that you and i dealt with that with no infections yet when these athletes get surgeries and go home they they go home with infections um and all these things all these practices from the healthcare industry that just ain't adding up to me it's like are you putting people to work in the healthcare industry before they're certified is this why some of these things are happening or do you have have you left some people in the healthcare industry too long and their practices are outdated and, and here's the thing. I'm a teacher, mm -hmm. right? When when I go into the classroom at any given time, there could be someone from Aussie, someone from administration that could just pop in to see if I'm doing things the correct way. And it's like, does that ever happen to doctors? It's like once they get their, their medical degree, it's like we fully trust them. It's like, who's watching them? Who's you know watching how these somebody, people? Somebody else be like, you know what? I can go get a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> your, your your opinion, y'all opinion really shouldn't be that be that far off. Yes, come on now. <laughs> but see, and, and you know what's crazy? I and no disrespect because I understand being a doctor is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult. difficult. But low key, that shit like being a meteorologist. A meteorologist yeah. could tell you, "Hey, it's about to rain." Yeah, and it'd be sunny all week. A doctor could be like, "Hey, bro, you got cancer." And you just got, uh, you know, acid reflux disease. <laughs> but if, if it happens, they'll be like, oh, we, I'm sorry. You know, it, the test, it just bears out. It, it yeah. Just shows. Like, yeah, man. These oh, tests no, no, general. no, no. You can't, you can't tell me it's about to snow and then it don't snow. And then just expect me to be like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's all web, WebMD is. Don't yeah. Google. I'm telling you, don't Google WebMD. Yeah, man, it's you. a crap. You I got had it, I had Corona. <laughs> I had the Corona. Ah, you got it. You y'all know I, I I took time off because of it. Yeah, okay. so but like, and so it's it's, it's a crapshoot, man. But just cleanliness, man. I think that's just the that's just the basis. Comet is ninety nine cent. Bleach is ninety nine cent. Those two things with a little bit of pine saw just to get that 
that bleach smell out is all you need. All you need, and you can be good. Yeah. We got, um man, when we, when we recorded episode 69, mm-hmm. I think I think it wasn't the very next day. I think it was that Monday. Christian McCaffrey, man. Signed a big yeah. deal. Big old deal. Arona, Arona deal. <laughs> <laughs> and me personally, I wasn't shocked at all. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm not, I wasn't. Pay that man. Pay that man. Been sold on that man from the jump. So it's never from, if any, if any had any conversation with me, it never changed from, it never changed very, it never yeah. changed. That's some fact. people, some people got a philosophy that's not going to bud, that you do not pay running back. And you pay I just up, don't you have pay that, that You pay that type of running back. Um, you finish it? You was done? Yeah, I'm finished. Um, I think you pay that type of running back. I think Zeke set the precedent. I think if you want to pay a running back in this modern era, I think it has to be a Zeke type running back. Um, not nece- not necessarily his skill set, but as far as in end all production. Um, and I think CMC has produced ever since he's came into the league. When you when you, when you look at Zeke, and they gave him his contract, he had two rushing titles, I, I believe. Am I correct? Yeah, would have had, had and would have had three. You see what I'm saying? So he had two at the time, right? Now, that that's precedent. That that calls for me to say, okay, I normally wouldn't pay running backs, but this clearly ain't the typical running back. So I'll pay this man. Okay, now let's look at CMC. CMC has also done things in his first few years that no other person has done as far as overall yards um, from scrimmage, uh, receiving yards. He set benchmarks and those things too. So I feel like, Okay, it's two years since Zeke got his deal, so I understand the market has changed. So I understand if he signs a new deal at this time that he's probably going to be the highest paid. But I think he deserves a new deal. And um, anybody who don't want him to get a new deal, what are you saying for players that are are proving it? (laughs) Why why wouldn't you want them to get a deal? What you want him to do? Slave because other running backs suck? But see, (laughs) (laughs) so I remember – so. And one of my arguments for paying running backs, I've always said that running back is the only position that gets paid based off of what you've done. They don't get paid off of the, you know, their potential. potential. Yeah. But that's been the reason why you see a lot of running backs get, you know, done with no Vaseline when it comes to, you know, trying to get this contract and them trying to have to hold out and really fight for their contract because they get paid off of what they've already done, not their future potential. Other positions get paid off of, you know, your your trajectory. And so the reason why it hurts is because everyone's talking about that 30 bit that 30 benchmark and the you know amount of carries that you get. It wears down your value, you know, you start to age like spoiled milk. Mm. So yes, I'm all for paying people who produce. Yeah. Because you look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff wouldn't have got that contract if it wasn't for Todd Gurley because that whole offense ran through Todd Gurley. Uh, it's, crazy. it's crazy that Tannehill gets a, a, a deal, but Derrick Henry has to get a franchise tag. Yeah, that's crazy. Because no one no one in the playoffs said, you know what, Tannehill is putting this team on their back, on his back. Not a single soul. But he did help change the team around. He was a key part. 
But if you're gonna pay him, I agree with you. You should pay Derrick Henry. But that team was but that's not but that's the same. All, but under. that's also that's also a testament to how trash Mariota was. For I, oh, that, and that's yeah. what I was getting ready to say. So it's like you know the ball don't touch the floor. So it's like <laughs> he, you know when under Mariota the team was just stagnant, man. And I have anybody who knows me, I've never been a, a supporter of Mariota. Um, I thought he was a gimmick quarterback coming out of college but one thing that he did have going for him was he was kind of accurate when he could set up to to let it go but it's like well if you get that boy off his spot he relied mm-hmm. a lot on his athleticism um and then he just not the best decision maker i think i think that's why um you never see them take a quarterback with with issues like like manzel you, you know, a, a wide receiver or running back, you might take them with issues. You might take a defensive end with issues, but you can't take a quarterback with issues because the most important thing about quarterback is not physical. It's mental. It's always going to come down to your decision-making. Yes, I do need you to have a laser rocket arm. I do need you to be able to put it through windows. I do need you to be able to move your move the pocket and all of that. But if you can't make the right choice at the right time, you're worthless to me as a quarterback. And Mariota... Man, that was just terrible. But I think Tannehill should have been paid. But I think that so should Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, you got to respect the running back. It's just sad that they did him the way that they did him. I understand. I get when they say, oh, you can just find another running back. You can, you know, just plug and play. If it's an easily, easily replaceable. Some some running backs are. I mean, let's, some running backs are. They are good. They come in there. They give you good production, solid production. But their skill set is just regular. Yeah. But it's some running backs out here that can that's that's transcendent, that's impactful, yeah. that's different. That's a fact. And you pay them. You yeah. not about to, I'm not about to sit here and look at you, look at you in the face and be like, hey bro, I know you're doing everything. But you know but you're but a you, running back. But you know what's and about I'm not to happen. Pay you. <laughs> what, what's 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 eventually gonna happen? Uh, if, they, if they continue this trend of doing running backs how they're doing. The running back position is going to completely change. The, the best yeah. athletes aren't necessarily going to be they're, playing. They're running not back. going to want them. They're not going to desire if, to play. If if, if Derrick Henry was ten now, they'd be putting Derrick Henry at edge. Yeah, Derrick Henry would be a pass rusher. He wouldn't be playing running back. And so you're gonna start seeing a whole bunch of five eight, five five, five six players playing running back because everybody else is like, shit. If I'm tall enough, I'm gonna play a different position. Why? Why that gets paid? Because if if you if you just, if you're just looking at it, yeah, I may like I I have the athleticism, I can do all this. Why would I play running back and I have to and the handlers? If and, you know how, if you know how amateur sports work, it's big on handlers and handlers all want a piece of the money. So if mm-hmm. I, like like AJ said, if I have a young stud like Derrick Henry who's ten right now, and I know that in the future I'm gonna be a part of his his financial pie. I, listen, if I know there ain't no money in running backs, I, I'm trying to get it in his head, even if he like running back, that ain't where it's at. You feel now me? Bo- now, both of y'all, I got it. Now, both of y'all, I got it. I'm a guy, I got to go to both of those points. First of all, we know that football players are just stupid. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so they're not going to change a position. They're not going to change a position and smarten up and change a position. Because... They're just not that smart. They keep we keep seeing the same stupid things happen. We only had one dude that we know for a fact 
switch to wide receiver, and he got critic he got ridiculed for that in his draft process too. But now I don't think they're gonna switch late. That's why I said we said at ten. So at ten is the time, and 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 that's why I got to go right at that one. And, and the thing about lower level football, what do they do? They they got a position called athlete. They do at lower level football, and they just give them the ball. But when I speak of handlers, they got that. When I speak of handlers, and even if. Let me say this real quick. Even if I need you to play running back on my team, I'm still going to be telling you and your parent that the best thing for him going once going into high school and college is to play the edge or wide receiver or some type of position that could solidify a, a, a future in, in the world of football because running back is a dying position. I'm not saying that they're going to follow that, but me, if I was a handler, I would definitely be telling my players that if I got them early enough. Now, granted, if I get a... A, a, a sophomore or a junior in high school, and he's a elite blue blue chip running back. I'm not gonna try to change his position there. But if he's young enough, like that example that AJ said, if if Derrick Henry was a ten year old star athlete and already know that he can play running back, but he could play edge too, I'm gonna sell him more on this edge because he's gonna be able to get that bigger payday. Especially if I'm gonna be attached to his his payroll somehow some type of way so, so it's and, a greed thing that i think that will drive it and let me tell and, and uh, a different analogy i you called out football players for being stupid but if you look at it your, your kid oh oh wait the meeting will end in 10 minutes hold on but yeah so um damn that fucked me up so yeah <laughs> so but think of it like you got a, a 15 year old and he's 16. You're going, they're not teaching them, you know, these back to the basket, you know, in the paint moves. They, here, shoot. Cause that's where you're going to get money. Learn to shoot threes, learn yeah. to dribble. You a center, but you, you can't play physical. You don't know how to play in the paint because guess what? They're like, hey. And they're not teaching it right now. And, and they're not teaching it. And, and I think that's kind of how things are going to, you know, change for that position as well eventually because it's like, look. Hey, you, you athletic, you fast, you big, you strong. Here, but that's I, I, I get that point. But the game, the game has changed in basketball, and that's why they're changing. They, you know, teaching you know six ten dude to shoot. He don't know how to do no post move. But they still know the post move. But they get <laughs> of course. But the game hasn't changed in football. And even yes, it has. Ball, it's a it's a passing game. So guess what? They still Look, run that rock. You, you six you six fold here. Try and get after the passer. It's, but it's evolution. I, the game has changed, not not to the extent that it has, because see, for, in basketball, it was a point rule change, so that really really changed. So if they if they said in football like yeah, you can get more points from a thirty yard passing uh, aerial assault touchdown, best believe it, the proportion to running would definitely uh, shift drastically. But because it's the same amount of points, whether you run it in or whether you pass it in. It's not that much of a discrepancy, but compared to back in the day, it is way more of a passing lead. Yes, they still do run the rock. And we're of not course. saying that it's going to be a drastic shift. We're just saying that some people, you're going to miss out on some premier running backs that you could have had because they are, some of them are going to be smart enough to make that business decision. And because they're going to have some people in that corner telling them, running back ain't, bro, it's one of, it's one of the, the most effed over positions that you could be in professional sports. But running back, but running back is still, 
it's still utilized. It's still utilized. Yeah, I know we're passing the ball yeah. more and all that. No, I get I it. I'm not being naive, but I'm just saying running back is still important to to winning. I, I agree. 100%. And and that's still and in football, that's still one of the number one things to do. Like you say, Joe Burrow had one of the greatest college football seasons that we ever seen. He might have been none of that without Clyde. Clyde was very important and key to that. Yeah, we're not saying that it's not. But the fact of the matter is, regardless of what they're doing, they're not being paid like that for that. And that's the thing. So it's like we've really and only I- seen two two running backs get paid their worth. So it's like, but all of those running backs still being very important, like you said, but still getting effed over, what would you but, do? If you had the talent to play edge and running back, what would you do? I'm playing what's what's best for me. Yeah, yeah. And so if I'm if I'm one of your but members I mean, and I'm telling you that playing the edge is going to be best for your future. But I also went like when I when I basically said this ain't nothing new for running backs getting messed over. This ain't nothing new. We're not saying that it's new. But that's why I'm saying the change. The change. The change hasn't came. We yeah, but, say, it's and, not. It's not here yet. We think that it's gonna happen. And, and I think, continue and I just wanna, to go on this trend. And I'm, I'm just trying to say, I don't support how they. I to me, me if me I'm neither. producing, yeah. you get paid. I'm just saying, and that's my it, point. Like if you if you producing, you should get point. paid. Like if, if you producing, you should get paid. If you are are a critical portion to this team's success, you Absolutely. should get paid. But you should not one, not get the, paid because the one somebody else like you didn't do their job. I, I'm not trying to hear that because all the other people who get paid get to go in there and say, this is my resume. This is what their agents say. They say Tom Brady did this, this, and this, and this. He got to be paid this way. Or like so-and-so who also did this, this, and this. But if you're a running back, they say, ah, uh, yeah. But the one time we paid somebody who did that, we got scorn. They ain't got nothing to do with me. See what I'm saying? I should be paid like every other position for what I have done. And it's just dirty how they're doing it. It's a shame that we're one of the few entities that have to shine light on it, on the issue. But they hit it. But like I said, once again, I'm going I'm to I'm keep harping this point in on football players. Stop signing these long-term deals. Absolutely. Especially if, you, especially if you're a running back. Because on top of that, if you're good, they're still not trying to let you go. So embrace these short-term deals and, pretty, and keep and, it. And use and it you, to your advantage. Exactly. The you short-term the deal game. is really, if if you are smart, <laughs> the short-term deal. And, yes, you you have been saying that. And, and they haven't been doing it because, to your point, I, I don't want to say what you said that football players are done because I know that there's some very intelligent ones. But it's like, it's kind of like they handicap in the negotiation thing. So it's like, Bro, when you broke and someone offer you, like, yeah, you may know your worth, but if someone offer you in the ballpark, you might just take it just because you, where you come from. Like, if you've been broke your whole life, your first time, it, remember how Puff did them with making the band? He he didn't even mm-hmm. give them a long time to be able to look that deal over. When, when one of them said that they wanted a lawyer, he said, go ahead, get the lawyer. But you got 10 minutes and this deal null and void. And so now... This this young man was faced with life decisions, and I'm not saying that this is how the NFL does their practice, but I'm sure it ain't too far off because when people want you to sign a contract, they always try to wait to the last minute. They try to put you in a in a predicament that will force you to choose without going through all the necessary circles that someone who who's supposed to be choosing should be going through, like checking with my lawyer, checking my finances, seeing if this is best for me. You might not have the opportunity to do that, so you might have to just 
harp or jump onto whatever that they offering, and it's sad that they run a business that way. My thing, like you said, just embrace, like man, just embrace the short term deal. Let's yeah. go ahead and this, let's end this so we don't, so we don't lose our time. All right, where AJ go? I'm, I'm not here. <laughs> well, you, you didn't say nothing when I said let's end this. So, oh, okay. Well, I mean, we are we ending the whole episode or just this conversation? We, and you said we had ten minutes left for the. Uh... Yeah, and it's three. It's counting down. Okay, yeah, because. Oh yeah, I didn't know if y'all can see the countdown because yeah, I we, can't see the. Countdown. We got an upgrade. Oh, we really got to upgrade to get more than forty minutes on the call. How everybody be doing these five hundred people? Uh, because people conversation? be doing it. They be using that job login. Oh yeah, that's true. I ain't doing that on my work computer. Yeah, me neither. Them, them IT folks will be like, yeah. oh, you on Zoom on Sunday. Yeah, let's make sure. Yeah, that that um, running backs is like. Just because he plays a certain position, like kind of like when I asked y'all about wide receiver, I'm like, if these dudes is just regular, what? Why am I about to pay them just because they're a wide receiver? If you regular, you regular. You regular. Then, hey, like I'm not about to disrespect the position just because you play a certain position. But that's that's all I had left on that. Man, big move, big move been made. Uh, what we got? What we got? Something that we've been talking about for the longest. You know what I'm saying? You know, something that we've been talking about from the get-go, utilizing your G League, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of some of this corruptness in the NCAA. Well, we got two top prospects. I don't have the names right now because I'm remote location, but we got two top prospects, the number one prospect and the number 13 prospect. Like Jalen Green and yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the funny Isaiah thing something. is, I'm gonna go choosing ahead. to go to the G League instead of NCAA. I'm, we'll I'm going to go ahead and give him his props on this. Because first, there's there's two there's two reasons. Hill was the first person in the sports industry that I've heard, and I yes, I said sports industry. I'm talking about the big boys too that I've heard say you have a G League, utilize it. Um, now, Hill has also been a proponent. This is really why I'm giving him credit because he has been a proponent for people who have talent that you ain't got to go to college route. We've been saying, he's been saying for maybe two years that we're, we're living on a brink where everything is changing in this new technology world that we live in. And, and this coronavirus has really shined a light on how people are taking alternative routes and still ending up at the destination that they're supposed to be at. And so this person, you know, chose to forego college and is going to do the G League and he also got the talent to back it. So I feel like if he goes to the G League and carve, I'm a, a a GM in the NBA. I have more access, and I can scout this man nonstop. I don't got to follow none of the NCAA rules. I honestly think if the bulk of players were to do this, this would now allow GMs to make a better informed decision about players than just looking at these disproportionate games. Let's be real. College basketball games, for the most part, are disproportionate. If I play on North Carolina and we go out of town to play some some rinky-dink school, of course, this number one prospect, Kobe White, is going to look like an elite talent. Okay, well, let's mm-hmm. put him against some prospects that could be in the NBA, possibly. And let's really see if he's that elite talent. I think I, we would get a better judgment from looking at a Kobe White against potential NBA players. Then the, We know a lot of... We know, Almost 65 
to 70% of college basketball players ain't going to play professionally. So there's a lot of bums in college. We just don't acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I, I just want to applaud you, Hill, for one, being on the forefront on two aspects of this situation, changing the narrative, man. And I would also <laughs> like to say I haven't uh, – I've supported you the whole way. I don't think I've been against you, so it's like – Oh yeah, y'all been on my on on my team, so I ain't. I used to say I ain't gonna use it as a gloat moment for y'all, but yeah, I appreciate you though. And my whole thing is, what's I think what really started to get people's eyes open is you know the whole you know college scandal because it's all it's always been about money, and now NBA players have their not NBA but these you know prospects have found their loophole. They have found their out. Yeah, because everyone was getting their money, except the actual labor. Yeah, the players were not getting paid. So why am I starting to see the amount of money that you guys are getting? Not only the amount of money you guys are getting, but the amount of money you guys get for bringing a top recruit. You get this, you know these, you know these uh, apparel deals with these large companies. You have schools that are completely driven and funded. They're you know by Nike. Yeah. They, you know, you get there, they got everything laid out in the locker. You get shoes, shirts, windbreakers, shit to travel in, bags, all of that. That's cool. But how many of them players would much rather like the money that you spend on that stuff? Just in their pocket. <laughs> laundry. You know, I always like, say I, laundry when it comes to college players. Like, come on now. And so, so my whole thing is like now they're starting to have they're they're out and i'm i don't feel bad for college basketball at all um they'll be fine and it, this ain't gonna hurt college basketball because players are still because players there's like there's still gonna be scholarships open there's still gonna be players but you still have that 60 percent that shouldn't be good enough to go to the g league play exactly. with them those, and, and those, when they shine then we'll bring those prospects up there'll be a few of those that come to the light you know i think the whole system will be better to hill's point it'll be it a should, real farm system it should only be a handful of players that have that you know that go straight to the G League. I don't, I honestly, and it is, yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's, it's only a handful of players that should go it should straight be the to the elite G of elite. And and also for, for for me personally, that's why I don't think there should have ever been that one year limit imposed on college basketball. Yes, yeah, yes, I know I, I know I know that some players don't go and make it, but I mean some players spend. Two years they spend they one and done and go to college and don't know why they did that in two years and make it they spent three years don't they make didn't it. like the idea of making a young person rich without let's say yeah huh i mean i i was trying i was trying i was really trying a young black person sorry they they don't want to make a young black person instantly into a millionaire and, and that's what was happening um when the amari stoudemire's of the world uh, even the Sebastian Telfair, even though he blew his money. Uh, but it was like Sebastian Telfair had the opportunity, had he used it to just go from high school to making buku money. Of course, he didn't live up to the hype, but that's what they didn't want. Young black dudes flashing money who they felt like didn't put their time in. And I, 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 I disagree. I, 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 let me jump in real I don't necessarily say they don't want young black dudes getting money, but they understand the profit that they can make off of these young black dudes. Because guess what? There's no limit to when how that you have to go to college in baseball. Yeah, you can get drafted I, I, right out of high school. In hockey, 
You don't have to yeah. go to college. You can get drafted right and, out of high school. That's my point. But in football and basketball, those are the two biggest. They say, you know what? We need you guys to come here because guess what? Those this are is how we American go- dominant this is, sports. This is how we're going to fund all of our college programs. So it's it's all about it's all about money. It's all about making money for yourself and the labor. Hey, you can figure things out after that. The thing about but the, the thing about baseball, yes, you can get drafted out of high school. It still it still takes you forever to still get to the majors. Yeah, but you can get it paid takes you doing it. Not always. Not, not, if you're a top, not if you're one of those top top prospects. It still then takes show, time. Then, it's, but it's, then you showed that you was the you was one of them ones. Yeah. You made them made the right decision. But it's but also that's what we talking. But that's what we talking about though, right? That, but I'm not get. Let me get that. Though. Yeah, okay. let, him, let him get that. You still had to. You still had to go through that farm system to show that you was one of them ones. Yeah. Even even if you was elite, you still had to go through that farm system to show that you was one of the ones. Yeah. You mentioned hockey. They do have a minor league as well. Yeah. You have to go through that as well to show that you are one of those ones just because i believe i've never been uh i've never been against that one year rule for the nba because the game was getting watered down with a whole bunch of young kids that didn't know what they was doing you had to fix the game i, I don't just, like the one year rule because i think the farm system is much more effective than the one year rule they they made the one year rule in a sense to be uh, like a, a de facto farm system but it didn't work that well because you have the same thing happening. The, the the thing that's happening with the one and done should be those players going to the G League. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, All those yeah. players who are capable for one and done, they should just be bypassing it because, one, why are you signing up to go to a four-year institution if you only plan on being there one? That's a waste of time and resources. That's a waste of scholarship dollars that could have went to somebody else who plans on getting their degree. You see what I'm saying? So why are we playing the games? So it's like, this is why I want the farm system because the farm system says we're not going to play the game. You know you want to be in the NBA. We're going to afford you the opportunity to try to prove yourself. Like you said, the hockey players can go there and prove themselves. Like, come mm-hmm. here, prove to us, and we're not going to offer it to everybody. You have to been dominant in high school, one of the top players in the country. You got to be projected to go, you know, as a lottery pick anyway. And I just think it would be beneficial if we ran it as a farm system utilizing the G League to its full capabilities and then letting everybody else go to college. And then the people that do go to college, I don't think there should be any discrepancy on how long they have to go. You feel me? Like if you want to go one, two, three, whatever. Like I feel like that should be your right as a as an American citizen or or, or whatever I'm, country you I'm, belong to. But I'm not faulting the NBA for making a rule. Oh just no because I'm not saying that's their first, fault. They try they and, got- they they got a guaranteed contract, bro. We gonna get yeah. you paid. Bro, if you nice, I, I I I agree with you on that. I don't think it's their fault. I just think that it's it's something that they tried. They implemented it. We've we've been able to look at the one and done rule for a lot of years now. I think okay, what are we gonna do about it now? Like it is gonna be your fault if you just know that it doesn't work and continue to try and to implement. Honestly, it. I don't think the one and done rule actually improves basketball. I and mean, it's not like the players yeah. that have come out have just been drastically better now after having that year of experience. Because if you look at some, like you still look at these draft classes, since the one and done. It's a whole bunch of misses. Hey, a whole bunch. Hey, and I'm not mad at that, but you got to try. You got to try. I, we, you get, you, you got to try. Got to try. We was, Cause think about it. They for, try, all those I, success, for all those success stories that we got that came out of high school, it's a longer list of boys that didn't, that yeah, was trash. Yeah. Like, so let's not like, like and, 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 those and that boys that were trash, wouldn't change it for nothing for the opportunity. And so 
that that's that's all I'm saying is like give the opportunity and I'm not mad at him for implementing a one and done because I think it at the time it needed to be done you know I think it was beneficial for the time but times have changed as we've seen so I think now is the time you you have players taking it into their own hands anyway so let's just utilize the resources that we have that we've put in place to use let's just use them but now it's like a I think it's like a double-edged sword for us now because for all the momentum that we've been getting, been garnering for them to get paid in college, I think that just got all wiped away now. I mean, I don't think that they ever, like, I don't think that But you're not going to school or anything. So even if you don't make a lot for the G League, you're being paid for your services, not like you're not being exploited. So it's like. Yeah, I'm not, no. So they're we, getting paid, but I'm, but dope. But like I said, we, we already secluded that. It's going to be for the elite yeah. prospect. So that means for, for you still going to college, they're going to still get some good players. They're going to yeah. still get some good players yeah. and still the program's going to go. But they're going. it's like, okay, we have no reason to pay y'all at all now. There's no reason for us to change what I we see, got I going on in the NCAA. That could really change the whole machine. I see what you're saying. That is, they're going to definitely go they they stand by. Take all, We're giving you put education. their money behind the G League and start paying people or paying for their apartments in the G League or setting them up to move or go to a G League town instead of giving scholarships for academics. Because like you said, if we give you a scholarship and you're not going to make it to the NBA anyway, what's the point? I'm investing into your college because I really got bigger money invested into these teams. So it's like, you know, if you can't, if you're just going to become a, a, a person that gets a scholarship and then goes into the workforce, I don't know. You can... You need to sign up for an academic scholarship. And so I feel you, there would be, the ramifications of that would be less athletic money for normal people here. So, yeah, I, I, I like the fact I like the fact that you bring that up. So now, if let's say if me and AJ were on the board and we wanted to implement this, we would have to really put some checks and balances in place to ensure that we still secure funding for regular athletes. What you about to say, AJ? Yeah, and you did say you did say you didn't, you didn't think they was going to get paid anyway. There was a lot of momentum that was getting. It was it was like they was. It, it was, was some momentum. Some, they was. But, yeah. see, but the thing is, it the momentum was for the likeness, and so with the likeness, which is true. Yeah. But the mo the momentum is for the likeness. So usually with the likeness, that's for those top players anyway. Yeah, that who is. Will be going who are just going straight to the G League now anyway, because you know the third guy off of your bench, he nobody who, wants his likeness. What 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 product can he truly sell? The only way that you know that's gonna happen is if they say, hey, you know, if he, you know, will get the team or something like that, to you know, have like a car sales commercial yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be. Eastern Auto. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't see that truly as you know being paid. Once again, I've always said, if you're gonna like, it's always money around in the stars. Time. Yeah. To play the players, and that's my that's also that's always been my statement. So yes, it, it was it was cool, it was progress for the likeness, but also, you know, the left tackle at SMU. I mean, come on now. But you know, I mean, but it, even even it, though even though it was steam for the likeness, there there were people like myself who were saying that we we wanted it a fair pay scale for everybody. I I, I know that that's going to be hard to make, but that's always been my stance. I know 
we were happy that they were making steam or, or, or gaining steam weight with, with the likeness issue. And shout out to Eric O'Bannon because he's the father of that movement. Um, but my end goal was always for it to be as fair as possible. Um, and I know that that's going to take time, you know, but I'm happy with progress. Um, so I was happy that that was happening, but I also always wanted it to be a fair way for like players, whether you're, you're, you're a second string lineman, you have to go to practice. You have to sacrifice that time. You see what I'm saying? It still is going to make it hard for you to, to meet the academic requirements of your university. If you doing all of this stuff. And I know that because like I said, for my internship, I was a strength and conditioning coach at Virginia state. So I had to work with players at 4:30 AM. You see what I'm saying? I had to, can you imagine, can you imagine that when you went to college, getting out of bed at 4.30 to do something that you weren't going to be paid for? Like these mm -hmm. players were doing it and I was living it with them. And there were days that I woke up at 4.30 and said, the hell with this internship? And I rolled back over and I almost lost my internship at one point. Like Dr. Gaines literally had to have a talk with me and, and Petey, the PD that be selling the jerseys here, he he did it with me, mm -hmm. um, and, and he was going through the same thing. You could ask PD. It was a struggle to make that, and this was for us. We didn't even have to do the workouts that they were doing. You see what I'm saying? I just had to be there. Yeah. Just had to be there, bro. And it was still hard because at the time I still had classes. I still had a regular jobs. So now imagine if you're a college student who your mom don't pay stuff for you, so you got to get a part time job. You still got to go to your class because Virginia State wasn't doing. The work for them, like maybe at a USC might might have set it up for them. So it's like all this other stuff, you know, that they're required to do on top of what the normal college student got to do. So I just felt like, bro, if they got to go through all that, we got to figure out a way to pay them too. Even if it's a flat yeah. rate, if you can do minimum yeah, wage for something, then you can do minimum <laughs> wage for the players with the revenue pie that's coming into the school. I, there, there's, there's, three, there's three words in college sports that I hate them the most one is amateurism and then student athlete i hate those three words because that's what they try to you know say oh you have to protect the amateurism and say what college sports when you're trying to keep these players amateurs but you're basically so corrupt behind the scenes you guys are yeah, you're you trying know, to sell them pro behind the scenes exactly. but you want to keep them amateur but then you 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 treat them and do the like do everything like they're pro, everything. especially at the especially at these big time programs. Yeah, you televise them like they're pro. You do everything like they're pro. You make you have their workout programs. You have their off season. They be tracking their sleep, all of that stuff. That's like sick, every bro. single thing, you treat them like a pro until it's time to write a check. <laughs> until it's time to pay them. Until it's like, until it's time for them. Like this is the most detailed internship a person can ever have obviously like an unpaid internship where you don't know you know what's going to come from it the unpaid internship where you can blow out your knee and you won't have a career it's an unpaid internship where the coach that brought you here can leave and you don't fit the next coach system and then they'd be like all right well i'm Bye. just gonna bury you on the bench if you want to transfer you can enter the portal but i gotta sign off for you to be able to play immediately or you sit a year. Yeah. And, and in most in most cases, the coaches purposely try to ensure that they do sit a year because they don't even want them to go somewhere else and be competition for them that same year, which is sad. Oh, and here's another thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, but this is one thing that I cannot stand. When a player wants to transfer, coaches be in the media talk about, I hate the transfer portal. These kids, it's not, they're, they're, you, 
giving them the wrong message. They just quit on life when things get hard. But then these coaches just bolt for a new job oh. at the at the at the sign of you know first struggle. They go somewhere else or whatever the case may be. They get a, they go leave for a better opportunity. You know, a better program, a bigger program. But if a player wants to leave to a bigger program, he has to enter the transfer portal. He has to sit a year, or he has to go through a waiver request. You know, double and all of that. So to me, it's just like, it, it, shit, that, shit, don't be adding up. And they condition us to make this to make it seem like this is okay. Yeah. Well, that's I ain't conditioned. The, that's the but I see, goddamn it. And I also hate that word, student athlete, AJ. Which is why, if y'all ever notice. Whenever we talk supposedly student athletes, what are I always I always compare academic scholarships to the athletic ones because there should be the same requirements. So it's like if I get an academic scholarship, no one cares if my aunt sends me money. No one cares if I go to the car dealership and they give me a loan. They don't give a daggone what I do as long as I'm present at my class and my GPA is where they want it to be. So how come now? When I get an athletic scholarship, I can't even. I, if I go get a free drink at a club, or, or someone buy me a a plate of chicken tenders, I can be in violation. And, and I'm not understanding that when when this is America and and the the academic scholarship are they professionals yet? No, they're still amateurs in their career. You see what I'm saying? If I'm going to college to be a nurse and I don't have my degree yet, I'm still technically an amateur, right? Right. But when a nurse gets an internship, they get paid. Right? Because it's like oh, oh it's like on the job training. My sister doing it right now. She, yeah, yeah, she's doing say, yeah, yeah, yeah. virtual clients. She's still she's still taking her classes, but she's doing them and she gets paid for that virtual client portion mm -hmm. of it. Because that's the actual that's like her on the job training. It's like her getting ready to be a professional. So it's like, you know, if a normal job works that way. Why do we feel like we can exploit? And that's the only reason why they use that word "student athlete." That's a word that they created because really it's two words. It's, it's a, not. It's, a, it's not a compound word. It, but they made it a word. compound word so that they don't gotta pay you. That's all that student athlete means is a non-paid employee. That's really what student athlete means. So it's it's bro, it's BS all the way around. If they could pay interns. They paid me at Virginia State, even, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Even though I wasn't that great at what I was doing, I didn't know that much about strength and conditioning, but I was learning about it and I was willing to show up. And so I got paid for when I actually showed up. And so I feel like it's the same way with a, with a athletic scholarship. If I'm showing up and Matt Liner's dad wants to cover my rent because I'm doing good in school and I'm killing it on the field, why is that a crime? But you know what? And see, that's another thing. So if I if I don't play sports and I come on an academic scholarship, guess what I'm there for? Academics, because that's what got me here. Yeah. So you telling me I'm here on an athletic scholarship? I gotta do academics. Here for? <laughs> athletics. <laughs> I am an athlete. Oh man. So I, I I'm not a student athlete. I'm an athlete student. The athlete comes first. If I because to me that sounds like a contract. If yeah. I if I'm on an academic scholarship on the top of my scholarship, it's safe. You have been granted a full academic scholarship. As yeah. long as I meet these requirements for my academic scholarship, guess yeah. what? I'm on scholarship. So if I'm here on an athletic scholarship, as long as I'm performing to my standards as an athlete, guess what? 
I should be on scholarship because yeah. guess what? If the coach thinks I'm not performing up to my duties on my athletic scholarship, guess what they can do? Take it away. Yeah. That's why, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. Students, and or let's let me say, let me not even say students because they're all students. People on academic scholarships and people on athletic scholarships should be held to the same accountability as far as honoring their scholarship. As far as their personal life, we should remove ourselves 100% from them. It, it should not be my concern who's funding them. Or how? Because you don't care if I offer a hunt. If I if I'm J P Morgan and I know that A J he he's he's studying business and he's gonna come work for me and, and I say you know what I'm gonna give A J a hundred thousand dollar loan so he can go ahead and, and make that move to D C get that apartment that he need and go ahead and get ready set up and be a broker. He's on his senior year. He's doing his internship. It's a loan. He's gonna pay it back when he start working for us. But it's like no one cares. No one at the school's gonna say oh J P Morgan gave you. They gave you a $100,000 loan, AJ, on top of your academic scholarship. They're not going to care about that. But if someone was to say, you know what, Hill is a blue chipper. He's going to go to the NBA. His car just broke down because he's been driving a kicker that his dad gave him. And let, let me give Hill $100,000 so he can get his apartment and go ahead and get him a new car so he can get around so that he can actually get to class and make it fulfill his obligation actually make it to where he wants wants to go but instead we we mad and want to track his dollars like they belong to us yeah well guess what that was a good one i'm sure we can go on this one all day because y'all know how i feel yeah. about this but it's ended here so damn can it my fault oh. i had the wrong button <laughs> <laughs> that's the same damn Man. Oh, um, quickly, if the NBA do this right, you know we can go ahead and get an NBA con- I mean, get a TV contract for this. Yeah. Big yeah. three got a um, TV contract. Yeah, so I know for a fact that we they can get a contract. Summer League got a contract. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For That's just G like the G League. Yeah. So they can definitely get a TV contract. And then, like you say, it might be bringing in more money to- towards this. So, like I said. And it's man, a good, that's, that's so beautiful here. The way you said that, on as far as a business model, if the G League was able to garner a TV contract and actually be beneficial as far as revenue, they could do they could do revenue sharing with the the D one schools, bro, to help out. And so that way, They're helping them out, they got enough. But no, but no, but no. This is for the players. <laughs> Remember when Hill was posed that problem where if the top elite go to the G League, then that would hurt the other players that revenue the G League can get back so where they could say we still supporting the athletes that aren't good enough to be the top elite. We're not just throwing them away. Because the schools are going to just throw them away. We know that. They can recycle it to, into themselves. Yeah, like yeah. The G League can get – they can, like I said, we can develop new coaches. Yeah. We can de- develop referees. Like I said, it's not just about the players. Like I said, you can implement new rules. Everything. That, you know, yeah. you could do – you can, like I said, a, a legit – farm system yeah. that could make the product better for us. Yeah. And everybody wins on that aspect. But they're not gonna hire Hill and so they're not gonna have forward thinking executives. They're gonna have executives saying the same thing. Let's let's look at these one and done players, but let's look at them through virtual and Zoom now since we can't even be in the same room. Let's let's keep going backwards, backwards thinking, man. But you know it, it makes too much sense to just do what you said. 
Right, you can catch us on all major <laughs> podcast platforms. Three Man Weave, Instagram, Twitter, Three Man Weave underscore. You can email us at podcast.three.man.weave at gmail.com. It's episode 70. We out. Damn, I didn't put my shirt on. It's that big 7-0, man. Y'all know how Typical. we do. Stay safe out there, man. Stay out. Yeah. Uh, social distance, man. And look, the beaches is opening up. Don't fall for it. Don't oh, fall, fall for it. You're going to go down there, get a hotel. You're going to be surrounded by people and come Monday morning or, or Wednesday and next week, you're going to have that scratchy throat, man. You heard it here first, man. Episode speaking 70. Of, speaking of scratchy throat, uh, use condoms. You don't, you don't want to get caught up at this time. You don't. Because you can't even get help, probably. Nah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>